This is Michael P. Ryan. You listen to the Sun at Truth Dynasty Bobcast. Now we're live. We're live. Yep. Now we're live. We're officially we live. Go. We're officially yeah, live we're... on the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. Oh breaking my. down NFL scouting combine performances. I'm breaking all the rules. No show sheet. No organization. No preparation. But I am drinking some beers. You've never seen me drink beers during the show. Uh, yeah, you're not a beer drinker, so mm. this is a, a surprise I'm to me. I'm not a big drinker during shows. I'm super professional, but I don't care, man. We've done all this preparation. Now we just enjoy it. We just enjoy it. it. We watch the combine results come in. That's what we're going to do. Mm. It's going to be our live reactions to the combine results. I don't even know what I'm going to say. There's no points. There's no takes. There's no conclusions to be drawn. There's just us riffing. I ripped you and Ryan for riffing. Now we're going to riff. I love it, man. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to riff. And as I'm doing this, I'm going to put a post out on Twitter, let them know, in addition to all the people that are already following or subscribing to the Podfather on YouTube, which is tens of thousands of people. I'm going to go to so, your Twitter feed yes. and retweet whatever you're putting out there. We need to oh, let the people know we're live. But this will eventually become a, a podcast that's listened to by tens of thousands of people, even if only... A few hundred tune in on YouTube. Mm. Well, we'll see what we get here. So, if you're tuning uh, in on YouTube, I mean, congratulations. I mean, this is going to be great. This is <laughs> welcome, welcome. All right, so let's see here. All right, we're all, I'm almost there. All right. So, uh, don't do we have a big winner of the combine yet? Do we have a big winner? Do we have a guy that we've decided has won the combine at the wide receiver position? I mean, I think Justin Jefferson gets that big jump today, right? Like, I thank you. Yes, that's the right answer. That's the right answer. Justin Jefferson, breakout alert! <laughs> I mean, the guy only had fifteen hundred yards last year, but no, he he had to run a, so a sub four five for us to officially anoint him broken out. Mm. But he has he's he's instant top five wide receiver. In this class, instantly, instantly leapfrogs Brian Edwards, instantly leapfrogs LaVisca Chenault, instantly Oof. leapfrogs T. Higgins. He's in the top five. The question is, who else is breaking into the top five? Because I feel like it's like just banging on the door, like, you know, banging on mm. the door, banging on the door. Let us into this top five. We're beating up T. Higgins, who... Saw the talent around him, saw who was surrounding him, and said, nah, it's okay. He tapped out. So T. Higgins tapped out. Lavishka Chenault's clearly not 100%. He ran a 40 that was slower than a 4.55. Mm. So he ran a a slow 40. I, I can't even say it. I don't want to say it. I, he, apparently, he has a, a disconnected groin or something. His groin's hanging off of his... Leg. I don't know what's happening with his groin, but his groin's not right. Right. He's not right. Meanwhile, Denzel Mims is very right, going under a 4-4. Ruggs is very right, going under a 4-3. And, and really, Justin Jefferson is in the center of that Venn diagram when you look at 
size-adjusted athleticism, and then age-adjusted college production. Right, mm. Justin Jefferson surges into the top five. I'm so happy mm. for Justin Jefferson. I'm so happy for him. Thank you to the gods of football for blessing this guy, Justin Jefferson. He looks so good at LSU, and now to see him actually be athletic and check all the boxes, oh my, oh my, mm. good for him. I mean, yeah, and this is a guy that that obviously is going to have that requisite teammate score, has the college production, and you think he'll have a high teammate score, Nate? We're going to find out, Matt Kelly. You think Jamar Chase ensures that you have a high teammate score? I think that there's a case to be made that Jamar Chase is the wide receiver one in 2021, and that is going to vault his teammate score. Absolutely. Oh, Justin Jefferson. Pinch me. Pinch me. Do you remember when I tried to make the case that Justin Jefferson should be in the top five ahead of LaVisca Chenault? Do you remember what you said to me? This is going to be a lie. Do you remember this conversation? You knew I was going to. I was going to call back to this conversation, right? You knew we'd be hearkening back to the Chenault versus Jefferson debate that you and I had over DM. Go go on. I don't remember this, but go on. Do you remember when I looked at I said, look at his sophomore season, junior season coming out early, has the size. What am I missing? What am I missing? What am I missing? And you said, he's not nearly as electric as LaVisca Chenault. Wait for the combine. You'll see. It's all about Chenault. You got to put Chenault in the top five. And I was like, well, T. Higgins. And you're like, well, but T. Higgins is, you know, he's just a little bit better across the board. And I was like, okay, okay, sure, 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 sure. Now, mm. now look at mm. it. Now look at it. Look, look at these, look at these top 10 receivers that are falling by the wayside. Brian Edwards imploded. Tyler Johnson ran away. T. Higgins, tail between his legs. LaVisca Chenault trying to power through it unsuccessfully. Who's giving. LaVisca Chenault, the worst advice at the Combine in 2020. Yeah. Who the hell told him it was a good idea to run a 40 if he knows he can't run fast? If you're hurt, you don't run. You wait for your pro day. I mean, we learned this. Laquan Treadwell mm -hmm. salvaged first-round draft capital by skipping mm -hmm. the Combine. Tyler Johnson was paying attention, and Tyler Johnson's agent were paying attention. T. Higgins' agent was paying attention. LaVisca Chenault's agent wasn't paying attention. LaVisca Chenault's agent should be ashamed of himself, and LaVisca Chenault should fire him immediately, today. He should already be fired. I, yeah, I don't know what to tell you about LaVisca Chenault. I, I never thought that he was actually going to run under these conditions. I, I thought that he had talked about it, but there's just no way he was going to go through with it. If T, if he sees T Higgins backing out, how does he not back out? And we've seen what it does. Now he has to go to his pro day and impress yet again and I question what's going to happen at that point. Will he be healthy when his pro day comes up? Oh, well, the idea that LaVisca Chenault would be a first-round pick is now fiction. Like, it was a fun story to tell the I'm kids. Still tell them. This mythical LaVisca Chenault first-round pick, that it could happen. Even though he underwhelmed in his final year, even if you come out early. Juju Smith-Schuster showed us, if you come out early, if you underwhelmed, in your final season, regardless of how young you are, again, Juju demonstrated this, you're not going to go in the first round. you got to smash in your final season to go in the first round, and Chenault didn't do it, but we thought maybe that there was a case. Now Jalen Rager is showing, okay, here's how you do it, guys. Here, here's Actually, here's the path. If you want to get unlucky in your final season, right, with the worst quarterback play among 
Division one, uh, well, among Division one wide receivers, he had the least accurate targets. We'll just say that the, the fewest catchable passes, the fewest catchable target rate. That's what we'll say for Jalen Rager. That's how unlucky he was in 2019. But the way you maintain your first round draft slot is mm. to do what he did in the explosion mm. drills. Mm-hmm. How explosive has Jalen Rager been today? Absurdly. I mean, this I there's there's no other word. Absurdly. It's like he's wearing a jetpack. It's like I tweeted Jalen Rager wearing a jetpack a week ago. It's Here's, almost like I did that. And well, it actually happened. He just went straight up. Like the beauty of the jetpack is you have vertical takeoff. Well, that's that's him. That's Jalen Rager. That's the one thing that I noticed watching highlights. Because, you know, I, I dabble watching dabble. highlights. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a closeted yeah, film grinder. Know you know that. Deeply closeted. <laughs> deeply closeted film grinder. I'm not a film grinder. Go Just go on with your point. Deeply closeted. Please. Watching Jalen Rager on film. I... Just go on. I don't watch film. I noticed that... When the ball was anywhere in his vicinity within his catch radius, he could go directly toward the sky mm. and convert. And I noticed that. He'd do this time and time again, in the red zone especially. The fact that they would throw a a small receiver fades frequently in the red zone told you a lot. And then you see it in the testing. Mm. Oh, you see it. You see the on-field production, the role translate, align with the testing. That's what we love, right? We love it when the on-field performances align with the testing. Oh, here's right here. Oh, the the eye test coming together with the production and the statistics, and then it's a runway right to the first round, top fifteen pick, right? Uh, I I mean, you know, he he was impressive in all the drills, but you know what's sad? He runs an unofficial four four seven, and I feel let down. There was so much hype. You should be let down. That's. I know. That's slower than I thought. I was expecting a four three a, nine. I was expecting yeah. him to run as fast as Mims. He and Mims should mm. switch forty times. Denz- That's what they should have. Like Mims running a four four seven would have been great. Right? It, it would have been perfect. It would have been exactly what we were hoping for for him to maintain his ranking on the playerprofiler.com rookie rankings. Go there, see them now. They will be changing, but we did a good job initially. We'd have to move up. Justin Jefferson, because Nate insisted we move him down, and now I have to correct the Justin Jefferson ranking and put him back where he belongs. Slander. It's slander. Speaking of which... And we have to move LaVisca Chenal down. I mean, I have to basically fix all these Nate-less mistakes post-combine. Wow, wow that's all right. I'll, I'll bear the cross for you, Matt Kelly. Uh, here's the thing. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you uh, what your thoughts are on Chase Claypool. Uh, you had a lot of very negative shade to throw his direction. The guy is is a beast of a well, human being. A he's beast. a beast. At wide receiver, he stinks. And ran a 4-4-2. As a wide receiver, I watched him for three days at the Senior Bowl stink. I watched him plot around. So he's testing better than oh, he plays. Here we go. Some guys play faster than they test. Well, some guys test faster than they play. We know these guys, right? That's a... And... Chase Claypool is one of them. If he can gain more weight, he's on the path to becoming a true weapon at move tight end, a situational move tight end in the NFL who, best case scenario, could put up Mark Andrews-level statistics, getting a 50% snap share. 
That's best case scenario. Likely, he's a far inferior version of Mark Andrews. But that's his future in the NFL, is switching to tight end. And it helps that he's super athletic because we've seen Vernon Davis post sub 4540s, Evan Ingram sub 4540, and these are tight ends that operated largely as move tight ends. They didn't log a full snap share. They weren't highly active in the red zone, but you play them in the slot. They're out there in passing, in passing situations, 12 personnel. And now the NFL is moving to more 12 personnel. You want the Zach Ertz in this hybrid role. You want a Chase Claypool in this hybrid role. So he goes from a wide receiver outside the top 20 because he can't play the wide receiver position in the NFL. Again, saw him for many days plot around at the Senior Bowl. And I told you, all these guys, all these guys, Courtney Davis, I told you, can't play, right? Small receiver, can't run a sub 4-5, get out of here, right? I told you, Antonio Gandy-Golden's overrated. What do you do? Ran a 4-6 at the Combine tonight. So time and time again, my observations from the Senior Bowl were correct. Now, K.J. Hill Mm. ran slow. I thought K.J. Hill was faster than a 4-6. K.J. Hill's over. It's not happening. K.J. Hill's going to fall outside the top 20 rookie-wide receivers. So there's plenty of room for Donovan Peoples-Jones to move up and crowd out the the slower, disappointing possession receivers ahead of him on the rookie rankings. But I'm right when it comes to these senior bowl receivers. And you, you can't tell me that Chase Claypool looks explosive on the football field, that he looks electric, that he's a big-time playmaker. He's not. He had all the opportunities you could ever want to do that in practice and mobile, and he didn't do it. He's a move tight end. That should be his future. If he moves to tight end, he's a top-five tight end in this class. With this level of athleticism, you can expect him to gain another 5 to 10 pounds. He can be 245 pounds. He'd be an absolute weapon. That's a player I'd want to deploy, especially in 12 personnel in the NFL. But a wide receiver, get the fuck out of here. I would find it hard to believe that he wouldn't seriously consider the position switch with the depth of this class altogether. Scouts asked him to switch. They asked him to switch, and he said no. He said, no, I'm I'm working out with the wide receivers. And they said, okay, fine. Do you. Mm. You do you, Chase. Mm. You do you. If he stays at wide receiver, he's a day three pick, and then he gets converted to tight end at some point in training camp. Or worst case scenario for him, halfway through the season if he tries to hang on into the nfl season he's wasting precious time where he could be learning the tight end position which is not easy to learn especially if you have no experience playing it you have to learn all the blocking techniques for the tight end and the the route combinations and the the route tree the route inventory for tight ends is different he's playing outside at notre dame he has to move inside and play tight end that's a learning curve So I'm not drafting Chase Claypool in any case in Dynasty because there's going to be a two-year shelf life, at least a one-year shelf life, where there's this carrying cost into 2021 where you just have to stash this guy in the taxi squad and there's very little hope that he contributes in year one. I don't invest in players I don't think can contribute as rookies. Is that suffice? Is that a good enough answer for you? My position on Chase Claypool that was all right. Uh, you know, and it's not a surprise, you know, because you you went in pretty hard. He's a tight end. On myself and Mr. Ryan Lopes and our lack of effort being made at helping to describe the breakout finder and the database and what it That's does. Right. 
That's right. And then, and then at the end, in the outtakes, you admitted to everything. And I copped. I came clean. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. We had Scott Barrett come on the show recently. It dropped last night. Great episode. Laid it all out there. And then today, when you look at some of these top 40 times, a multitude of them are our highest rated dynamic scores. I mean, Joe Reed's up there. John Hightower's up there. Jalen Rager's up there. Oh, Joe Reed? Joe Reed, you dismissed Joe Reed when I try to explain why I had Joe Reed in the top 25. And you're like, Joe Schmeed, Reed Schmeed. I did not say, you know, we go. Remember? You remember you said Reed Schmeed? You know, we go, we go live and you lie a lot more. You were telling me that you, I needed Jeff Thomas and I argued for, for Joe Reed. You said, no, 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 an incredible special teams production. Oh, you got to see this Joe Reed. You got to see this. That's not a big deal. Joe Reed's not a big deal. You got to see this Jeff Thomas. Oh, this Jeff Thomas. You got to understand, Matt, 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 Matt. Jeff Thomas was great in high school. Matt, Jeff Thomas was great in high school. So that means he's definitely going to be great at the combine and in the NFL, and he's going to be a day two pick. You watch. You watch. How did Jeff Thomas do? Did he do the thing you were hoping? Like this sub. Four four forty that you expected? Wow. You know, hindsight's a hell of a drug, Matt Kelly. <laughs> no, it is. We're talking about it now. It's not hindsight. We had Joe Reed ahead of Jeff Thomas until you intervened and said, no, 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 Ahead of Joe Reed. And then what happens? Joe Reed's better. That is not who you... Of course, because of course. Joe Reed's better. Justin Jefferson's better. Of course, of course. Okay, first off, why are we bringing Justin Jefferson up in the same conversation as Jeff Thomas? <laughs> now, Jeff Thomas did... It's just another example of you intervening and moving the rankings around because of your feelings. Clearly, I just have too much pull at the uh, Roto Underworld uh, main branch, I, I guess. I don't know why. So, okay, all right. So that didn't go well for Jeff Thomas. I don't have a bobblehead of him. Is Jeff Thomas over? Can we can we cross God. his name out now? He came in undersized. Yeah. He had off-field issues. He ran it. Well, be honest. Be honest. He takes the Lord's name in vain. You're going to do this live? On the regular. You're going to do this right now? Go ahead, Matt Kelly. You got an audience. This is your chance. Let it fly. Let's do a rep for Jesus. Here, oh, here we go. Jesus fucking Christ, Jeff Thomas sucks. This is this is what you get when we go off script. This is it right here. And Nate Liss um, is a wide receiver rankings fraud. Oh, my God. Wow. It hasn't been good. I mean, okay, sure. Jeff Tom. But we're arguing moving Jeff Tom to the top 25. Oh, yeah, sure. Jeff Tom. Oh, sure. Joe Reed was faster than Jeff Thomas and much bigger. Okay, look, I don't know what to say. Yes, you're right. He was. And then we could talk about John Hightower. Joe Reed, above average broad jump, above average vertical, and 21 reps. Super strong at 224 pounds. Do you realize that Joe Reed's going to be in the 90-plus percentile speed score at 224 running a 4.47? That's hard to do. Anytime a guy that's 220 pounds goes under the 
four five magic number, you're immediately intrigued. Immediately. Here's my thing. LaVisca Chanel. He's 40 pounds heavier. No, he's close to fit. This is true. I can't. I'm looking at this right now. I can't. This is like a typo. I can't even believe it. I can't. It's diff. I said 40 just because the, the number the, uh, 50, the number 50, it, it, yeah. it barely <clears throat> computes. It's hard to even make that number tumble from my lips. Fit. That's how much heavier Joe Reed is than uh, how you do, Jeff though. Thomas. 50 pounds. I'm speechless. You're clearly not speechless. Matt Kelly's never speechless. He has huge hands. Joe Reed has huge hands. I mean, I, I want Joe Reed. I wanna, I'm want going to find a place to play Joe Reed in the NFL. Joe Reed, he punched his ticket, baby. We've, He's going to be on the 53-man roster. So listen, we've turned the corner. Joe Reed, number three dynamic score in the class. No surprise that he goes under a 4-5 at that size. No surprise? Yeah, no surprise to me. Dude, this is... No surprise to Cody Carpentier. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Who brought him to my attention originally. Wait a minute, Matt Kelly. Are you telling me that you're saying no surprise to you, but you're telling me that you had to decide whether you were going to put him at number 26 or 25 with Jeff Thomas? Not like you had him inside the top 20. You insisted Jeff Thomas be ranked higher, and you should be ashamed of yourself. You had him outside the top 25. At least in Mel Kuyper's eyes, that's still a top three round pick in this draft class. So kudos to you. This is one of those guys. It turns out it's not Jeff Thomas. It's actually Joe Reed, who is one of those mythical Mel Kuyper top 25 receivers who are all going to go to the top 100. 25 receivers in the top 100. Mel Kuyper called it. Mm. Jalen Rager is one mm. of them. Yeah, Joe Reed, man, 38-inch vert, 447 at 224 pounds. That's uh, get him. That's sick. Get him. Get him. Find a place. Find a place. This is the thing. If you're a creative offensive mind, self-described in the NFL, you need to find a way to get Joe Reed the ball. Well, that, How about that? And what about Donovan mm -hmm. Peoples-Jones? Peoples-Jones is rising. Reed's going to rise at least five spots. Peoples-Jones is... DPJ is going to rise at least five slots on the player profile of rookie rankings after he jumped oh, 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 44 inches. That's as high as it gets. You can't go higher than that. It doesn't go. You don't do higher than that. The human beings can't go higher than that, really. That's as good as it gets. And the sub 4540 with the size. He has the speed score 62212. Donovan Peoples-Jones competing for targets with Nico Collins. He's got the teammate score. He's got the special teams production. The gigantic hands at Roto Underworld. He's in the top 10 hand size. Top 5. Top 10. Top 5. 10 and an eighth inch hands. 33 and a half inch arms. He's mm. a monster. He's a monster. I'm surprised he wasn't more heavily recruited out of high school. He was. Yeah, I, I know, Nate. I know. That was a... Well, you don't watch tape, Matt, so I don't know where you're at. That was a that was a that was a trick. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for you to become. I was close. Enraged and indignant, and the idea that Donovan Peoples Jones wouldn't be heavily recruited out of high school, right there with Jeff Thomas. I feel like we're gonna go to Jeff Thomas a lot on this episode, aren't we? He was a top ten recruit in that class as well. Unfortunately, <laughs> his career took a bit of a turn. And it continued to do so today.
99th percentile burst score for Donovan Peoples-Jones with the incredible special teams production and the rationalization for the anemic production. Not anemic. Underwhelming. Not anemic, right? His quarterback, Shea Patterson, was anemic. But you could explain the underwhelming production. He didn't wow you with counting stats, but we've seen this before. We've seen wide receivers who were competing with other NFL caliber talents in you know, incompetent systems, not put up big counting stats, but then go on to the NFL and be super productive. We see this time and time and time again. Why not Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nate? Why not? No, there's no reason not to like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Why not? Why not? I mean, why not? How high should he go? Let's get specific. Let's jump into the specifics. Does he jump ahead of Duvernay? Yeah. Yes. He jumps ahead of Bowden, of course. Oh, He's a gadget on. player. Does he jump ahead of Gabriel Davis? Because Gabriel Davis ran well enough. Mm. I'm drawing the line at Bowden. I don't know, man. I, I like Don. Wait, wait. You're not putting Peoples-Jones ahead of Bowden? Talking about a- it's Bowden, I thought. I thought it was Bowden. Wait, wait. Now it's Bowden? I, I said Bowden. You said, no, that can't be Bowden. It's Bowden, like Bobby Bowden. Now it's Bowden? It is Bowden. Now you're fucking with me. Now I'm being trolled. I, now you're drill all of a sudden. Now I'm just trying to save face at this point. Um, well, Duvernay ran a four three nine. It's hard to put him ahead of Duvernay. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Here, here's my here's my thing on this. Duvernay was a monster producer in his final season as a sprinter, world class sprinter, at least state champion, and then runs a four three nine. It's hard for me to push him ahead of Duvernay. I think Duvernay's a riser. Gabriel Davis ran a four. Five four. You'd like to see a sub four five. So you, I think there's a case now to move him ahead of Davis. There's a case to move him ahead of Bowden Bowden. You put him in the top fifteen. You're gonna put Donovan Peoples Jones, the People's Champion at wide receiver, in the top fifteen. Yes or yes. no? I mean, and this is the case like Miles okay. Boykin a year ago, right? A guy that you know his his timing on his production was a little different, but not a vast amount of career production. And like you said, we can rationalize away. The Shea Patterson time with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Why are you mentioning Be- Miles Boykin? Miles Boykin stinks. Okay, because Miles Boykin wasn't... Miles Boykin had the lowest breakout rating in the 2019 wide receiver class. You should know this. You supposedly created the breakout finder. Because he wasn't on the radar as much as he will be after he posts these athletic scores that he does. It's like Miles Boykin put up this... Oh, you mean th- this is what this could is- get him drafted... In the top 100, and, and, and he's one of the the Mel Kiper Big 25. Of course, Matt Kelly, because I built the breakout finder. I know, I know how he ranks. Christ's sakes! I know, man. You're you're the you're the founder and builder of breakout finder, and yet you don't recall Boinkin having the worst breakout rating in last year's oh, wide no. receiver class. I remember. Listen, man. It's good. You know what? It's, I have to say, for doing streams. And podcasts, radio, TV, whatever you want, whatever you want, any kind of media. It's nice to have a guy like me who has a photographic memory. It's nice to know that I, you know, whatever those data points that I just remember them, and I can just recall them at any moment. It, it's helpful on shows. It is. You're lucky. Uh, with with, I don't remember it the way you seem to remember it. That's what's killing me right now. I'm dying a little bit inside every time we push forward with the next topic and you tell me that I said something that I didn't say. So that's fine. 
Has there been a next topic? I feel like we've been on the same topic. These are important topics. I mean, you, you want to talk about the... How much are we moving up People's Jones? That's important. How much are we moving up Justin Jefferson? That's important. Are we moving Chase Claypool to tight end? Yes, because that's the only way he can be relevant. So, yeah, yeah, we're doing a good job. Okay, let's then how about we talk about the number four most dynamic player in the 2020 class from a conference that I have kicked the ever-living shit out of forever, the Mountain West Conference, John Hightower of Boise State. John Hightower is making a name for himself. Look at that. That's another guy. John Hightower running a 4-4-3. This guy's making a case to enter the top 25 because there are some wide receivers going to drop out. Just you know, First of all, it, it starts with... Quintez Cephas. 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 Doesn't matter anymore. Cephas. Just go on. Quintez Cephas doesn't matter. He ran a 473, crossed his name off the list. Van Jefferson's undergoing surgery, crossed his name off the list. Antonio Gandy Golden ran a 46 from a small school, crossed his name off the list, and incidentally, stunk at the senior bowl. And played at a small school. Right, so Gandy Golden didn't move the needle at the Senior Bowl, and I told you this would happen, that he was not explosive. I would have seen it at the Senior Bowl. I was there for three days, and it didn't happen. Now, I, I must admit, K.J. Hill tricked me. K.J. Hill, I thought, was faster. He's just such a smooth operator out there creating separation. It was an optical illusion. So K.J. Hill, if we had to, if we had to name this show, it would be K.J. Hill Optical Illusion. He bad. moves out of the top 20. We have to kick just. We have to kick Jeff Thomas, Quintez Cephas, Antonio Gandy Golden, and Van Jefferson the hell out of the top twenty-five. We're moving up, Joe Reed. We're moving up, mm. Peoples Jones. We're moving up, Michael Pittman. Are we not? We got to move up, Michael Pittman, because Michael Pittman delivered. I was uncertain. It was. I thought there was a. This was a, a under the radar wide receiver to monitor. Michael Pittman. I was worried about his straight line speed, and he delivered. He delivered it, he better than advertised, right? Faster than expected. And you put to him to put the teammate score with the the final year dominator. And now that we know he has good size adjusted athleticism, I think there's a case to move up Michael Pittman. I don't, I don't, I don't hate the take. Obviously, what he did in his senior year was super impressive at USC. Um, you know, he's played with stout competition around him. Currently, still, you've got St. Brown there. You've got Tyler Vaughn's there. So there's great talent there. And as people may or may not know, the way that the teammate score works is it can change for up to four years after a player graduates. So you can get an even more rounded idea in the future about a player but in this case with these two players behind him that are both great players uh we're gonna see it change again but yeah he fought through tough competition here to still produce as a senior and i know for guys like jj zacharyson they love senior production i can appreciate senior production i like it a hell of a lot more when it was you know um when prior to it they had production as an underclassman like sophomore year like Denzel sure. Mims Denzel Mims coming through with a thousand plus yards as a sophomore than running a sub 4-4 is he the guy is Denzel Mims now a top five wide receiver in this class is he the guy that's going to crash that top five or is it rugs because we've decided it's Jefferson right Jefferson's crashing the top five he's smashed through the door who's following him in the door who's part of that SWAT team that top five SWAT team 
Oh my gosh. Uh, is it rugs or mims? Because we have mims and rugs essentially with equivalent lifetime values. Rugs melted faces of the combine, but you could argue mims exceeded expectations more than rugs. Here, here's my thing. Chenault ran hurt, Matt. Uh, a greater sort of actual versus expected differential for Mims than Ruggs. And Ruggs ran a 4 2 Chenault ran hurt. So that's tough. I don't think I'm moving. No, we're moving Chenault out of the top five. Get out of here. No, I agree. I don't disagree, but we're we're outside the top five now. Get out of here. He's moving out. He's packing his bag. He's moving out. It's him. It's Brian Edwards. Oh my God. It's Tyler Johnson. It's all these guys that aren't participating in the process because they're either cowards or or they're clever. They're either cowards or they're clever. It's either one of those things. They're either cowards or they're clever. I would like to think that Tyler Johnson is clever because he was so goddamn productive throughout his entire career at Minnesota. I think Brian Edwards is actually hurt. I, I don't think this broken foot is, is it, it would that would be an elaborate ruse. Imagine that if he faked a broken foot. And LaVisca Chenault, it's it's interesting. You would think like a tweaked groin would be less severe than a broken foot, but as it turns out, LaVisca Chenault would have been better off with a more severe injury that would have kept him out of the combine. It's the nagging injury that is now haunting Chenault. The the Chenault thing is not going away anytime soon, but he still ran. I'm breaking out another beer, baby. <laughs> it's a good show. A four five eight with an injury, so it's a good show. Two of them, huh? Wow. Mm. I'm not in the water. I got to get up early. So it's party time, man. It's combine day. It's, it's a good day. We want to get to these running backs someday, but. Yeah, you get to see how wrong you were. Why? Why am I wrong? You've got a you got plenty of holes in here. I mean, for God's sakes, I know Ryan's <laughs> gonna be happy that Denzel Mims went off. Oh yeah, but uh, Michael Pittman at four five two, that's fast for a player like him who stands six four two twenty three. He's gonna have an upper percentile speed score, and I didn't think he was that fast at the Senior Bowl, so I knew he was smooth. I didn't know. He had that kind of straight line speed, and the explosiveness was also above the 50th percentile. So <laughs> it's happening. Michael Bittman's good, and Denzel Mims is better. And that's what I said at the at the Senior Bowl. These are the two best receivers, but Mims is the clear alpha. Even though Ruggs ran a 4-2-8, and even though Ruggs is jumping out of the facility, it's just he's cleared the upper deck like he's gone what did rugs jump can we just inform the audience of what we haven't told Mm. the audience anything we've told them a handful of 40 times rugs vertical jump 42 inches his broad 131 Mm. so he's gonna be right there with rager and people's jones in the upper 90th percentile of burst score running a 427 it's just it's a joke it's a joke it's funny and he's not that small he's not ty hilton small he's 188 with huge hands so henry ruggs has everything it's like you built the best field stretcher of all time in a lab the only thing he doesn't have is college production because he was sharing a field with jerry judy Mm. Mm. so this is why it's so difficult 
to justify moving Mims into the top five ahead of Ruggs and ahead of Jefferson. I would defa- if if there's a question, if if there's if you're just trying to play it safe, be conservative, which is what we try to do. No hot takes allowed in the rookie rankings. That's <laughs> good. Ah, good stuff. I find it difficult to put Mims from the Big Twelve ahead of an SEC super stud, you know, built in a particle acceleration chamber, Henry Ruggs, and mega producer with size adjusted athleticism with that LSU logo on the helmet, Justin Jefferson. I just play. I, can I just play it? Am I allowed to just play it safe and put the helmets in the top five? Just put the Alabama and LSU helmet in there and play it safe. Am I allowed to just be conservative and not do anything crazy? I think people are going to appreciate it. That's what that's what they want, Matt. I mean, okay. So you were satisfied with Michael Pittman's outing. So let's talk about another name that fell right in that same range: Brandon Ayuk, who ran a four-five flat mm. at two hundred and five pounds, forty-inch vertical. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. The most disappointing four five you're gonna see all week at the NFL scouting combine. <laughs> Live sound effects for the people. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk needed to run very fast in order to keep up with expectations. Because the whole reason why the speculation in the mock draft circles was Brandon Ayuk's going to go in the first round was that he was going to melt faces at the combine. That he was going to run super fast. Oh, you're going to watch the tape on Brandon Ayuk. He's clearly going to blaze. He's going to blaze 4-4, sub 4-4, sub 4-4, sub 4-4, sub 4-4, sub 4-4, 4-4, sub 4-4, and then 4-5. This is a 4-5 from a JUCO transfer with a single year of college production that was worth a damn as a senior. You can get the fuck out of here with your Brandon Ayuk. I feel like that was something that, that came up a lot when we were talking on shows is the fact that, yeah, he's a JUCO transfer with a single year of production. It's Yeah, it's like he's a smaller Hakeem Butler. Like, at least Hakeem Butler was, like, 6'5", with this monster wingspan. Like, Brandon Ayuk is all the things Butler has just without the the unusual size. There was a lot of allure to Brandon Ayuk back when we thought that he was going to run a 4'3'9". A but then he checks in at a 4'5", and suddenly it's yeah. a very different case. I mean, it, it's, it's not... He's an average guy. He looks like a Juco transfer. <laughs> I mean, this is what he is! So, Okay, Matt, so then I got a question for you. You move it. I'm moving Pittman ahead of him. Okay, so question for you. You said that Pittman's going ahead of him. The question is, the question is, does Donovan Peoples Jones move ahead of him? And he doesn't. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. But but now it's a conversation. That's where the conversation is. Ayuk moves down, Peoples Jones moves up, and now it's a conversation. You could ask, well, what would Peoples Jones do in that Arizona State offense if he had it to himself? In 2019, I bet his production would have looked very similar to Ayuk. So, Matt, okay, let, let's let's roll to an important question here because you said that Brandon Ayuk's 205 pound 4.5 40 yard dash was the least impressive 4.5 we saw, but I witnessed another player 
Well, no. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Well, I, okay, I take that back. Quintez Cephas Cephas. So, well, here's Cephas. the question. There was a wide receiver, 198 pounds. I mean, he ran a 473. I mean, that's the least impressive. Also, Jawan Jennings, he ran a 4740. Everyone that ran the 4740 and took themselves out of contention for an NFL career, they're all n- tied for number one in terms of worst 40 times. Then it's Ayuk. Who else do you have in mind? I was going to ask you, C.D. Lamb ran a 4.5 at 198 pounds. I'm going to pause for station identification. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, that, that's not great. I don't know what to do because C.D. Lamb has such incredible age-adjusted college production, and the athleticism is good enough that it's very difficult for me to move off of him at number one. It's incredibly difficult. But Rager is making a case. I'm going to sleep on it. Am I allowed to sleep on it? Do I have to have a hot take? I mean, I feel like it's a hot take because you just said that. I mean, Brandon Ayuk. I have to sleep on it. It's at the. I'm at a place where I've had a few beers and I don't want to say anything crazy because I know people have rookie drafts tonight. I'll tell you this: based on the 40 times and the explosion drills, you have to move Rager ahead of Jerry Mm. Judy, and anyone that has Jerry Judy running a 40, which Remember the number I put out? Remember the number that I put out? Remember the number I put out? I said that for me to feel comfortable having Jerry Judy at two, he's got to run a four four two. And remember how I reminded you and Ryan that four four two is very impressive? And it's not nothing to run a four four two because that means you're running a four three seven in training. And you guys said, Oh well, he'll he'll blow that away. Oh, that'll be easy. Oh, that's shit, that's nothing. Oh, Jerry Judy yeah. Four four two. Do you even know who we're talking about? We're talking about Jerry Judy here. <laughs> Do you remember this conversation? It just happened. I don't remember any of these conversations because I don't think any of them happened. Do you remember this conversation? You and Ryan uh, talking to me about how Easy it's going to be for Jerry Judy to run a 4-4-2. And then Jerry Judy runs a 4-4-5. And he misses expectations. He didn't reach the number he needed to reach. He and Lamb have similar speed. So you can't put him ahead of Lamb. Well, Judy ran a 4 And now you can't put him ahead of Rager. Because now Rager, these are similar players. Rager's bigger and much more explosive. And we agree that if you you had a body switch and you put Rager in Alabama— and you put Judy at TCU with the worst catchable target rate in college football, that they would have had similar production. So it's it's Rager. It, Rager is at two for sure. He's leapfrogged Jerry Judy after today, and now I have to sleep on it. I'm at the place because they're close. They've been close. All The top three have been close. It's been, you know, you put them in a hat, put the names in a hat with Lamb and Judy and Rager. And now I'm at a point where I need to sleep on it. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna tell you tomorrow. Okay. I'm gonna tell you, I have to sleep on it. I'm gonna open my eyes. Listen, I'm gonna open my eyes. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sleeping right and be sleeping tonight. That's and then you know, hammered. And then I'm gonna be I'll be sleeping. And then in the morning, tomorrow morning, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna know I'm gonna know who is number one. But I, I don't know right now. Well, Jerry Judy still ran a four Give four me time. five, Matt. So it's not like he ran slow. He still ran a four four five. Slow. Hey, look, Calvin Ridley. In comparison to expectation.
Fuck expectation. That doesn't matter. We're talking about converted fantasy production. What do you mean, fuck expectation? By the way, I expected KJ Hamler to do something. Where's KJ Hamler? Go on, ghost. Out of here. What happened ghost. to him? Did a helicopter took- take him away? He Did the bench press? Did he hurt himself in the bench press? Yeah, he tried to do one rep and died. Here's the thing, Matt. Can we talk? Can we talk about Did the bar crush him? What happened? Yeah, they didn't even get the weights on it yet. KJ Hamlin, that's the guy. It's like I've been refreshing, looking for the KJ Hamler 40 time and the Ruggs 40 time and the Ayuk 40 time to laugh at him, and then nothing. So KJ Hamler, is he a coward? Is he hurt? What happened? I, you know, honestly, I got into this a little late, so I haven't even seen the reason that Hamler didn't test, but I imagine that uh, that we would have known about it earlier. I've been out of the loop for at least a full day, so. Colin Johnson's hurt too. So don't ask me. I'm I'm just catching up on much of this. I was looking forward to Colin Johnson running that four six five. Mm. That patented Colin Johnson four six five. Mm. Oh, but great feet though. Oh, great feet. Great footwork. Oh yeah, yeah. Film grinder. I think I think that it's probably an overreaction with your rankings. I think that if no matter what, Jalen Rager was already pushing the top three. Wait, if- an overreaction to move Rager up one slot? No, 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 no. I think maybe two, depending on how I wake up in the morning. No, that's not the overreaction. The overreaction is the is the saying that Jerry Judy was unimpressive, which he wasn't unimpressive. A four four five is plenty fast. <sighs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I apologize. That was really unprofessional. I was just thinking about Jerry Judy's combine. I mean, you have had two whole beers, so I'm not surprised that that happened. And then you look down here and you see that you've got. C.D. Lamb, who ran a 4-5, and that was, I'm not totally shocked. I don't think anybody thought that C.D. Lamb was a burner. He's been compared to DeAndre Hopkins numerous times. No, we knew C.D. Lamb was going to run high 4-4s. Yeah, I don't don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you, man. You're you're losing it right now. The beers are kicking in. You don't want to drop any hot takes. I understand, but I I I don't want to drop any hot takes. I'm not I'm not unimpressed with with what Jerry Judy did. CeeDee Lamb ran about what was expected. Again, he's been comped to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is not a burner by any extent of the of the phrase. Also, yeah, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Shouldn't be. I'm not worried about CeeDee Lamb. This is what we were hoping for. The worry with CeeDee Lamb is he'd run a four, five, eight. So what are you worried about, Jerry Judy? Then we would be worried. I would be worried. I would be worried. I'd be like, wait a second. Now he has a 20th percentile speed score. Now it's very difficult to find successful comps for him. It's not going to be a problem to find successful comps for CeeDee Lamb running a 4-5 flat. What? Because, you know, that's going to be a... He's going to run like a 4-4-4 at his pro day. And the scouts will be soothed by that because they don't understand the difference between combine 40 times and pro days and how pro days are five one-hundredths of a second faster. And he's going to go in the first round and it's going to be great. Yeah, I don't... I don't disagree. I'm... The big question I have is Jerry Judy versus John Hightower. Oh, shut the fuck up. We're not even get the let's end this stream End this goddamn stream right now. John Hightower, 443, 38.5 inch vert, 122 on the broad. This guy's explosive. This guy is storming up the rankings. I mean, he's the highest riser. We talk about how Justin Jefferson's the highest riser because, you know, He's the relative high riser. Anytime you rise four to five spots inside the top ten, you are the high riser. 
But mm-hmm. in terms of just raw number of rankings gained, it's got to be John Hightower. Mm-hmm. I will say, if you're going to pick a horse in the race, the guy tested well. He produced at the collegiate level in the areas, you know, the way that we want. He was a dynamic playmaker, you know, number four in the class, which was great to see. The problem is he's a transfer, junior, senior production in the Mountain West. Matt Kelly. Yeah, he, he could go third round. He could be one of the 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 big twenty-five on the Mel Kuyper big board. He he validated the athleticism. Now the draft pedigree is gonna matter a ton for him. That I mean, that's what it's coming down to for him at this point. But he sh- he showed exactly what you wanted to see from him. There were some big risers. I mean, again, Denzel Mims is one of those names. Yeah, Denzel Mims is gonna rise one whole slot because we had him ranked so high already. But it's his overall lifetime value is going to go up. So this is the thing with our rankings. On the Dynasty rankings, playerprofiler.com forward slash player rankings, it's important to look at the rank and the lifetime value because sometimes a bunch of players can be clustered around the same ranking with the similar lifetime values, and then you just go down a couple slots, and then the lifetime value just falls out of the like a trap door, mm. right? falls out from under you. So you got to look at where players are relative to one another on the lifetime value scale. And we have the Dynasty Dominator. We have the Dynasty Dominator app where we have the price lookup. You can just go price lookup, check out the Dominator, and the lifetime value score within it. It's easy. And you can compare and contrast. We have the com- the, the player comparison tool. You can compare Mims and Jefferson. You should do that now. Pull it up right now. Pull up the Dynasty Dominator. Go to the player comparison tool. You can look up Jefferson versus Mims, and then tomorrow we're going to have all the, we have a, a team of people, minions at Roto Underworld, loading up this combine data. Mm. We're going to get it loaded up. One of my big jobs tomorrow is get this data out to the people, get it on the app, get it everywhere, and then you can you can compare and contrast. And you can see Justin Jefferson's a fucking goat, man. Uh. As is Denzel Mims. I think there's now a big six uh, because I don't, I don't want to make a decision. It's a false choice. Rugs, Mims, or Jefferson. Let's just call it a big six. You have Lamb, Judy, Rager, Mims, Rugs, Jefferson. You kick that's a tier. You kick that's a big six. You kick T. Higgins that far out. You're bold, Matt well, Kelly. Well, he's not okay. We'll leave him in. Then it's a big seven. I don't. I don't know anything about him. Oh, that's bold. He doesn't want to test. He's afraid. He's scared. Matt Kelly has. He's on the Laquan Treadwell track mm-hmm. and so i don't respect that Mm-mm-mm. i don't respect that he does not injured it would have been different if lavisca chenault opted not to test that makes sense we know he's hurt t higgins is just scared i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put t higgins in the same boat as laquan treadwell that is he's gonna he's gonna test at his pro day laquan treadwell i talked about this the other night the guy did his oh the famous clemson fast track he the guy did his combine a fraud in a what a fraud. Backwards ball cap, Matt Kelly. That guy is the most fraudulent wide receiver to ever do the combine. That guy is the... the, the Call it... I'm fine with a bit... You want to have a big eight? Because now you're gonna, you want to explain the LaVisca Chenault was injured, so we might as well have a big eight Let's then. do it. Let's make it eight. You just want to have a big eight? Love it. Well, Brian Edwards. He was hurt. It's a big nine. Nine. It's a big nine. This is a big nine. We'll, we'll have no conviction whatsoever. How about that, Nate? Good. I like this show better now. It's like UTH. What? Callback from three years ago. Is that show still around? 
No. No. Can't be. Buried. It can't be around. It can't Dirt on the coffin. Isaiah Hodgins, 4'6". Mm, yeah. Is he over? Is, it, is he done? That's a tough one, man. The film grinders loved Isaiah Hodgins, so the question is... Well, he was productive at an early age, too. He had good metrics. But now he doesn't have the speed score. you got to bump him out of the top 15. You move Peoples-Jones ahead of Hodgins? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Peoples-Jones is looking like a top 15 player. I mean, I think we've really got to reassess the way that... that people's jones was sort of being evaluated we've again the shea patterson production playing with Tariq black and some of the other teammates that he's had you know being the number one ranked player in the country five-star recruit goes to michigan shows out with the athleticism now i mean there's enough breadcrumbs here i realize the college production again college production wasn't great we can rationalize it away but he has all the requisite pre-information to crown him as a player that you should at least be you should at least be excited about as a second round pick, you know, in your rookie draft, because this is a guy that that likely goes as a third round pick, late second round pick, possibly at this point. Yeah, I mean, I guess the difference could be as we start going through these players right now, it seems a bit thinner. But I think on the NFL level, CD didn't move at all, didn't move a notch. Jerry Judy didn't move at all. Jalen Rager. Probably, probably help no, himself I just, out. No, I said earlier, Jerry Dude is moving down. I, I don't think at the NFL level he is. I still think he's going to be one of the first two receivers off the board, and the only reason he wouldn't be is because Henry well, that's true. Yeah, goes If you're him. trying to get in the head of scouts, yeah, scouts aren't going to move him down, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. NFL level, the only guy besides CeeDee Lamb Tape, the tape, the tape, the tape, the tape, the tape. That goes in front of him would be Henry Ruggs because the league loves a burner. So, and, and Ruggs. Is, oh, yeah, Ruggs, man. But Ruggs is big. You know, I mean, not, not obviously he's not a 200-pound guy, but at roughly 190 pounds running a 427, as you said earlier, I mean, it's freaky athleticism. Freaky. freaky. Very freaky. freaky. Why is Lynn Bowden not testing? Well, I think, isn't he going to test? Is he testing as a, as a back? I, see, this was my question. Again, I've been way out of the loop on this. I don't know. And uh, Antonio Gibson tested as a wide receiver, and he ran a four three nine. I comped Antonio Gibson to David Johnson in my bold comp of the off season, and as it turns out, inexplicably and absurdly, and serendipitously and miraculously, it turns out Antonio Gandy Golden. Wait, did I say Antonio? Oh, no. Antonio Gibson. No, not Antonio Gandy Golden. He's terrible. Antonio Gibson may be better than David Johnson. How great is that? How cool is that? And the sooner they move him to running back, the better. I can't believe they let him get grouped with the wide receivers. It's a huge mistake. It's the same with Claypool. He should have let the scouts move him to tight end happily. Yeah. These guys don't appreciate player profile because... If Claypool understood what would happen if you moved to tight end, then your forty time immediately puts you in the 99th percentile. Otherwise, you're just you're just in the mix with the 70th percentile guys that run a four four five at wide receiver. It's not special. It's incredible if you run that at tight end. And if you're chasing those bars on player profiler, well, Chase Claypool should have been asking to test as a tight end. Fucked up and. Antonio Gibson should have demanded to test as a running back, which is where the Senior Bowl coaches wanted him to play. They deployed him as a running back at the Senior Bowl because they evaluated him and said, this is a running back. Yeah, So, and then on the topic of, of 
Bowden, it is an injury. So Oh, Bowden's hurt. Oh no. What happened? Um what? He faked an injury. Why would he do that? He has nothing to but he can only help himself. He has nothing to lose. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, so won't be doing any of the running drills. No, no, this is heartbreaking. You're heartbroken by At this. At least he didn't pull a Chenault. You should be more heartbroken. How do you not sound more heartbroken? Here's the thing. We got to. This is your guy. You changed your Twitter name. We got to pick a side. We got to pick a side. Lynn Bowden. When it, when it comes to this. we. I mean, so he's got a pro day March 27th. He's planning to do it then. But better than going out there and pulling a Chenault. It's worth remembering that, again, Laquan Treadwell skipped the drills. Did the pro day, got drafted in the first round. Brashad Perriman didn't participate in the combine, drafted in the first round. Corey Davis didn't do shit. Corey Davis didn't go to the combine and didn't have a pro day. He had a broken foot. Top 10 pick. Mm. So there's hope. Listen, if you're listening, Brian Edwards, there's hope. Because NFL scouts are idiots. (laughs) They're just suckers. They're just suckers. They're not really idiots. They're just more. They're more naive. Mm. They're suckers. Mm-hmm. They're marks. It's a very. This is just offensive to scouts in general on this episode. They're terrible. Terrible. Yeah. It's um. You know. I mean the Corey Davis thing. I mean, the, the, never live that down. The Laquan Treadwell thing. I mean, just stop. I mean, but there's been stop. Stop being marks. Stop being suckers. Make players show you at the highest levels. With the highest levels of competition, whether it be in games or in workouts, make them do what Henry Ruggs did. All Denzel Mims does, Nate, Mm -hmm. is accept the challenge and say, yes, I'm going to the Senior Bowl. I'm not going to skip. I'm not going to fake an injury like Brandon Ayuk, right? He's going to go. I can't even say that name, Ayuk, man. It it pains me. It it was just, I, I I could tell at the Senior Bowl he was faking an injury, okay? And... Now, you look at Mims versus Ayuk, and it's just so clear. Mims was the one at the Senior Bowl that decided, I'm going to play, okay? And I'm going to go dominate, and I'm not going to take any reps off. I'm not going to leave after the first day of practice like Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm just going to play this out, and I'm just going to show out like Debo Samuel, right? This is a Debo Samuel all over again. I was thinking about, for weeks, I've been thinking about, Who's the Debo Samuel of this class? Who is the guy that loves football so much and continues to exceed expectations at every level against the highest level of competition he's allowed to play against? And all Denzel Mims has done is that. I'll go to the Senior Bowl, and I'll be the alpha dog. I'll go to the Combine, and I'll exceed all expectations to the highest degree. What more can you ask of me? Meanwhile, you have guys ducking and dodging opportunities to prove themselves. I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm slightly off on that one. I mean, because again, now you've named two guys that came out as as seniors. We're not talking about guys coming out as underclassmen. Again, Brandon, I. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about who is this year's Debo Samuel, and the answer is Denzel Mims. This is what I'm saying. That's the comp. Denzel Mims is is not dynamic. No, that's where the comparison falls apart. I agree. I agree. The special teams and the dynamism isn't there. But if you look at seniors who love football 
and continues to exceed expectations throughout the process, that's Debo Samuel and that's Denzel Mims. That's fair. I will. I'm with you on that. I can see that. I'm with you on that. Just a very non-dynamic individual. One more time, just for the kids. But he's fast. Oh, I see. Oh, there, there it goes. Up and up and away. I'm sleepy. Are we done? Do we have any more wide receivers to talk about? I don't want to talk about other people. We already talked about Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Chase Claypool, future tight end. Uh, you know, I could take. I could... L- let's close it out. We have another. T- we should talk about one more tight end who absolutely destroyed this Is thing. This an Alberto, because it's not any of the wide receivers. Though Rager and Ruggs, they did as good as you can do. But Albert Oakweig Boonham, that guy is amazing. Uh, well, I mean, the athleticism was... I mean, he's amazing. Yeah. He ran a four four nine at 258 pounds. Yes. yes. Coming out early. Yes. So he was the number one rated tight end prospect a year ago. Like the Devi guy. He's been the number one Devi tight end forever. Ask Ryan Lopes. <laughs> Why do I lash out when I'm hammered? Why do I do that? Why do I lash out randomly in all directions? You've taken a lot of abuse. I'm an abusive drunk. Yeah, you're a problem drinker. Vegas is going to be a blast. You have a real good time with Matt Kelly berating everyone around the pool. Just drunk with power. Yeah. Tell me more about Jeff Thomas. <laughs> drunk with power. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is going to be fun. Albert O, man. Albert O running the 449. That was the most that's more impressive than rugs. If you run a 449 at 258 mm. and you're the number one Debbie tight end, I mean this guy's rocketing up. I think I think we have to we have to move him ahead of Troutman. Because Troutman ran a four eight. Did like Troutman disappointed. But did you see uh did you see Troutman's uh three cone? Oh, was it amazing? Yeah, he ran a six seven eight. Troutman's back! He's back! <laughs> We're yo-yoing back and forth. Okay, Troutman saved it. I love the most underrated workout metric across all positions is tight end agility score. It's important to have that lateral quickness in traffic, in tight spaces. And I'm not surprised that Troutman's super quick. So that probably saved it for him. I'll probably keep him ranked number one. We're going to continue with our hot take tight end, the Dayton tight end at number one, shocking the world. But Alberto, straight to number two. You agree with that? You have to. No, I, I do agree with that. I want to point out that in the live stream, people are saying that you're hammered on one and a half Coronas. <laughs> so it's things have never been worse. Hold on. We're going to get to one and three quarters here on another sip. Things have never been worse on this show. Wasted. Lashing out in all directions. Oh God! Just a violent drunk. It's not good. It's not good. One and a half Corona. So that's that's not a lot of beer. I'm guessing big beer drinkers out there. I'm not. I'm not much of a beer drinker. But no, I would say no. I would say for the typical American. You know what? I don't drink a lot of beer. I drink the blood of my enemies. I love it. That's great. No, that's that's really really great. That's. I don't. How do you? Yeah, Vegas is going to be fun. I just continue to go back to this. I don't even I don't know what's going to happen, guys. So The Minion King, drunk on power.
that. We've been at this for an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're so good at this. I can't believe we're able to do this. We're like marathon streamers. I mean, I challenge anyone to stream 2020 NFL scouting combine wide receiver content for an hour and 15 minutes and approach watchability, even approach it. Can't do it. Mm. Mm. Can't do it, won't do it. Only we can do that. It's an impossibility. It's not impossible. We did it. We did do it. If I have to fill time, I'll fill time with uh, a duck call. (laughs) (laughs) It's hammered. The fucking duck call sounded drunk. This is a state. Hey, hey, Nate. Good stream, buddy. Thank you. Good stream. We did a good job. I can't believe this is going to be a podcast. This is great. This is going to be a podcast. It's going to be a Bobcast. One of the better Bobcasts we've done. We'll put a <laughs> we'll put a Pirine Bobcast uh, drop in there. God. And uh, yeah, this is a Sonic Truth special report coming to you live from our respective studios looking at a website with combine results. Mm. Hammered on a Corona and a half. The fucking duck call sounded drunk.